It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Next week, we may get to see if there really is a quarterback battle happening this spring. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. We are dapping it up this Friday with Montgomery radio legend, Daryl Daprich. We're going we're gonna to tackle three huge questions as Auburn starts spring in just a few days. Thank goodness. All pertaining to the offensive side of the football. And where else should we start, Daryl? Then is there actually a quarterback battle happening this spring like Hugh Freeze hinted at after the bowl loss to Maryland? It's, it's important, and that's an important question. And I know sometimes we can get quarterback fatigue, right? Because it's such an important topic nah, and we discuss it. Never. But you don't. You don't because it <clears throat> starts and ends in the quarterback position. Yeah. And it's the most talked about offseason during the season. So why is this important? Well, I'm going to take a different angle of this. It's not about who's one, who's two, who needs to improve. It's Hugh Freeze declared, and it was a very, very important declaration, there will be a quarterback battle. Well, that is an exciting thing to have in the spring. Auburn's had it in the past. And so I think we'll know in spring practice, when we come through spring practice and come through the A-Day game, if there's really, if he's, I'm not saying that you freeze would have any reason to speak untruths or just to say, hey, I'm going to say that to, you know, kind of get the fan base fired up. Now, let's keep in mind that at some point during spring, things can change. He may say, well, there's really not, so and so's not ready or sure. whatever. But I believe, I fully believe there's going to be one. I'm excited. Me I'm, too. I'm, I have anticipation about this. I truly believe there's going to be a legitimate quarterback battle that any of the three, and even, well, I'd say four, Gurner could win. And so because of that, it makes it a very, very interesting. I'm excited about it. I think it's real. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Now, I do think Peyton's the favorite, but the more I think about it and the more I look at stuff that happened a year ago and the more I think about the bowl game, and I think just anytime Hank Brown does something, and this isn't the most important thing in the world, <clears throat> but I do think it matters. Like when Hank Brown does anything like on social media that's in the public eye, like he has way more support from his teammates than, than any of the other quarterbacks appear to so far. And I think that stuff matters. Like I think the locker room really believes in Hank Brown. And to me right now, if you told me, okay, Peyton Thorne's not the starter, I think it is Hank Brown. I think Hank Brown has positioned himself. One, I think he's better than Holden. And two, I don't think it benefits Walker White to start him as a true freshman. And I just think the more you look at youth in the wide receiver room, which we'll talk about later, youth uh, at different parts of the defense, which are very, very exciting to think about the future there, I think Auburn's going to go young in a lot of different places. So why not go young at quarterback? Sure, Peyton gives you the experience. Sure, Peyton gives you that quote-unquote leadership. But I, I don't think his level of leadership is heads and shoulders better than what Hank Brown can bring you. So sure, you've got the experience there, but that was the argument for Peyton Thorne a year ago. And the experience didn't turn into extra wins, in my opinion. So I'm all for it. Give Hank Brown reps with the ones. 
Give Holden Gurner reps with the ones. Give Walker White reps with the ones. Let's see what happens. I think that there's a there's a, a a tangible here, an intangible that we can really look back on. And nobody really, even when they came up and mop, came in and mop up duty last year, really played at a at a good level to say, okay, that guy could win the job. Okay, any of the backup quarterbacks during the season until Hank. the bowl game. And it was the most impressive performance off the bench in that position at quarterback that we saw all year. And that includes Robbie Ashford coming in, yes. Gurner coming in. Yes. So Hank Brown has shown, and, and it wasn't mop-up duty. It wasn't Auburn up 30 to nothing. And you're, you know, it was a, it was almost a comeback starting to happen, bringing your team back, rallying them, see, showing signs of life, right? I mean, there was a, a kind of a it spur, he spurred them on. Okay, so there's that factor. And then there's the X factor of what if Walker White is really that polished and really that good? I get the whole argument that does him no good to start him as a freshman unless you absolutely see enough that you cannot keep him off the field. It's happened. Yeah, sure. Freshmen sure. have won jobs. But I'm, I'm with you. I think if there's going to be somebody other than Thorne that emerges, I just feel like it's Hank Brown from what we've seen his acumen about mentally being, you know, a, a little bit ahead of the curve as to knowing the game and football IQ and having the support of his teammates. People don't get that excited and hype things up unless it's real. And nobody knows how real it is until you're in the locker room. So they're not just saying those things about him or has his support because he's a good kid. You can be a good kid and be a manager. But they I think that they are seeing something inside that that the rest of us is going to see and they're getting a sneak peek of it that's why they talk glowingly about him and he has their support i think they see something that the rest of us haven't yet well we've seen glimpses but th what's coming is what i think yeah and, and i just think when you look at how hank brown conducts himself on this show that he comes on you know a, a fairly regular amount i think he's an impressive dude I think he's an impressive young man, and, and I think um, I think we're going to see him really grow up over these next few months and, and throughout spring. So I'm excited I'd to see what that happens. I would be disappointed as far as a fall, I mean, a spring narrative, if we see Hank Brown look really good in the spring and really, really good in the A-Day game and still not get a shot to start, because then I would not believe any of the proclamation of that it was a true quarterback battle. If he looks good and looks like he should be playing and starting and doesn't get an opportunity to start, I think that's lethal for this football team from a locker room standpoint sure. and a lot of different aspects. So I, I believe that it's true, and I believe that when Hugh Free says it's an open battle, that if Hank Brown looks good, uh, it truly will be an open battle and he can win the job. Yeah. Yeah, and then like the pecking order – of quarterbacks at the end of spring, I think that'll be interesting. Do you think if Holden Gurner transfers after spring that it's proof that Hank Brown took that spot from him and he's at least in the top two? Do you think yes. that's a – or Walker, yes. it'd be one of those two. Yeah, I, uh, and I would lean towards Hank Brown. I think if you see Gurner sure. come through the spring and see the writing on the wall, read the tea leaves and leave, he's he's four mm -hmm. in that pecking order. Uh, it just or, or worse than two. I mean, so I guess he could be three. Regardless yeah, – a guy younger than you has hopped you. There's no reason yeah. for me to stay here anymore. That mm -hmm. And I think 
I think that'll be the most symbolic moment of if there if this is a quarterback battle, unless Hank or Walker were to start at A Day, which I don't think will happen. I think if they were to like make that decision public, they would do it in the fall. I don't see the benefit of doing that this spring. Unless, of course, somebody was just getting all these reps and Peyton and Holden both transferred. Boy, would that be wild. I don't think that'll happen, but th that would be kind of a symbolic moment too, of course. But yeah, I, I think we're going to hear a lot of fun reports about these young quarterbacks this spring, even if they don't start. I think the future of this position is brighter than it has been at Auburn in a hot minute. I agree. Uh, it's it's a deep room. You know, you you feel like you've got a starter coming back that has room to improve and might improve with having more weapons around him and better play calling. Sure. You've got a kid that's an exciting backup that Hugh Freeze believes in that hand-plucked him from his previous school that he recruited him, and he showed glimpses. We can talk about football IQ and all that, but the kid was also dropping dimes in the Music City Bowl, made some really nice throws. You got Walker White, who's very, very touted, looked really good in the Under Armour game. That's right. Future, depth, all that's good stuff. No question. All right, our next question. What does the depth situation look like for the offensive line? Is it deep enough? And does it matter? We discuss that next right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Ibotta. Grocery bills are so expensive these days, but now they don't have to be. Start getting cash back on your grocery shopping with the free Ibotta app and get cash back every time you shop. Do you love making money, but also love spending money? <laughs> don't we all? Now you can make money while you spend it Every time you shop with Ibotta. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. So you can buy that flight that you've been eyeing. Right now, Ibotta is offering listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Would you register? Oh, that is all one word, LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. That is Ibotta in the Google Play or App Store. Use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Daryl Daprich, our guest here, the cashback king himself. I don't even know what that means. Don't even know what that means. I just said it. Does the depth situation on the offensive line, is that something we feel good about? I think we'll learn more about that over the next few weeks. I feel as good about it as I felt in years. I feel like legitimately Auburn has depth at the offensive line position, good depth, too deep, where you could put somebody in and not see that much of a drop-off. You can play a lot of players from a fatigue to keep the fatigue thing. I, again, it's been a long time since I felt Auburn's offensive line has been as good a shape as it is going too deep. And it's it's almost like obvious to me. And when it becomes obvious who's going to start and who's going to back them up, that's a good sign. I, I really so, think so. So let's go through this, sure. if you don't mind. I didn't tell yeah. you I was going to do this. I, well, I, I, just in case you did, I, I, wrote it by, I wrote it down, just in case I, I was reading your mind. In case you asked me, I have my selected too Sweet. deep backup. Sweet. And I don't think it's necessarily about a two deep, right? Like, I don't think you need a backup at all five spots, but I think you need eight 
guys. But that's right, the I, that's the beauty is that I think that there's ten. I think there is a legitimate backup at each position. All right, so so let's go through this. Sure. I'm going to say a name, mm-hmm. one through ten. Ten is most confident. You want them on the field like you need to breathe. One is, I don't know. I don't okay. know if I want them on the field. All right. Per- Percy Lewis, the transfer from Mississippi State. Nine. Yeah, it's up there. I'd say nine. Sure. Jeremiah Wright. Eight. I'd go a little lower on Jeremiah. I'd probably say six and a half, seven. Okay. Jaden Muskrat. Five. Okay. I'm I'm about the same. I don't see a big difference between Jeremiah Ryder, Jaden Muskrat. Six and a half, seven for me there. Kate Johnson. Three. Oh, wow. Okay. I'll probably be about a five there. Xavion Miller, the returning right tackle. Six. Really? You're higher on Jeremiah Wright than than Xavion Miller? Just because of the position change. Yes. I think that there's a I think that the offense there's a We'll talk about this when the freshman situation comes in, but I think there's a guy that can play tackle and step in and play at a really high level. Okay. Xavier Miller to me is like an eight. I'm very high on him. Yeah. I'm high, high on him. him. I just think he's six or seven, somewhere in that range, yes. Okay. EJ Harris, retro three, sophomore. Three. Yeah, I, I just don't know much about him, honestly. Connor Liu. Ten. Yeah, that's the ten. Most important offensive yep. lineman, period. Yep. Seth Wilfred, the JUCO product. Five. Okay, I'm a little higher on him. I'd be fine with him playing six or seven. Uh, I'm fine with him. Clay Whedon. Two. Braden Joyner. Two. Tyler Johnson. Two. Dylan Cinda. Six. Really? High on Cinda. Okay. Uh, DeAndre Carter. Seven. This year? You're comfortable with him playing this yes. year? Yes. Okay. And then yep. favor Edwin. Two. I'm low on favor Edwin this year, but at 12 months from now, that might be a seven. Like mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to take a huge jump. He's just well. Wrong. If you'd have asked us about Connor Lou last year, we might have said a four, right? And then maybe look how he jumped. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. So, okay, a few things, a few mm-hmm. things I want to touch. So you've got then, so you have Jeremiah Wright starting. Correct. Guard. That's what yes. you're thinking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And then so. For the sake of this conversation, Jeremiah Wright starting a right guard. So mm-hmm. I didn't say Dylan Wade, did I? I skipped over Dylan Wade. Yeah, but Dylan, Dylan Wade's going to be up there. Right? Eight, yeah. So Percy Lewis, Dylan left Wade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dylan Wade left guard. Connor Lewis center. For the sake of this conversation, we'll assume Jeremiah Wright wins the right guard spot and the right tackle is Xavion Miller. That's what I the, have. The depth there is interesting because then all of a sudden, you feel I feel fine about Jaden Muskrat as a backup interior offensive lineman. I have him I as a backup right guard, by the way. Okay. So I, I have as a backup right guard, and I have Dylan Senda as the backup left guard. Okay. And then did you put did you put Wilfred at, at left tackle? Yep. And then Tyler Johnson at right tackle? Nope. Who'd you put at right tackle? DeAndre Carter. At tackle? Uh-huh. Is he playing tackle? That's what he's listed as. DeAndre Carter's listed as a tackle? Where I saw it on the 2D okay. on that website I was telling you about. Interesting. Maybe they think he's going to – I mean, you know, he's like, what, 6'5", 350? I mean, I think that's what his his numbers are. That'd be great. You can, look, you can look it up. Just let's make sure. And then Tate Johnson's the backup center. Uh, Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. 
Uh, cool. All right. So, yeah, so we're in the same boat there. And then you just talk about guys that are depth pieces. Like I think Tyler Johnson has a chance e. to be too deep. EJ e. Harris. Harris, once again, it's like, I don't, I don't know anything about EJ Harris. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen him. Right. He exists, but I, I don't really know much about him. So could that be a guy that takes a step forward this upcoming year? They may need him to as a backup depth piece. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, and then you got Clay, Clay, like you mentioned, Clay Whedon that could be there, and then uh, Favor Edwin, Braden Joyner. There's some names that could go add to the depth. You know, when you get to 12, 13, 14. I just, you know, I, I agree with you 100 that you don't ten, you don't have to get to ten. Getting to eight is really yeah. imperative. Two more is a luxury, not a necessity. That's how high I am, though, on this offensive line core that Auburn has. I think they can go ten deep. So losing. I mean, yeah. Yeah, losing Avery at mm -hmm. center mm -hmm. and losing Gunnar Britton. I think they've done a great job with the combination of just development and recruiting and the portal with Percy Lewis of reloading. And like I think you can make the case Gunnar Britton was one of the best players and most important players on Auburn's roster a year ago. Yes. And the way that they have restocked this position group or planned ahead. I don't. I don't think you're going to miss them. And much. and what's what's a great caveat to that is they did not have to restock necessarily at the center position. Sure. It was there all along. He played what five games. You saw what you had, and he played at a high level. A lot of people. The argument could be made that people felt like Connor Lou played the position better than Avery Jones did last year. So mm -hmm. you're not re you're not re you're not rebuilding there. You're just reloading and you had your option on the roster already. You didn't have to go out and pluck somebody. And that's a big, uh, a big luxury, luxury to have. Yeah. No, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. So the depth so I'm appears... pumped about the offensive line, man, I am fired up. I really am. Yeah. I think you should be. I think you should be. So the depth should be there, but we've got to, we've got to see who steps up. We've mm -hmm. got a good feeling about four of the five starters that right guard spot is interesting. I think I said left earlier, but that right guard spot is going to be interesting when you look at Jeremiah Wright versus Jaden Muskrat versus maybe Tate Johnson. Hugh Freeze really likes Tate Johnson, so we'll see what that looks like. We'll see what that looks like moving forward. What a, what a nice luxury to have. Yeah, DeAndre Carter is going to fight for spots too, So, mm -hmm. like you said. Uh, okay, who are other freshmen on the offensive side of the ball that can play day one? We discuss in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. You can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That is $150. If your bet wins, get in on the action with the Auburn Tigers visiting the Georgia Bulldogs in Athens. If you feel like Auburn's got it, they're going to bounce back after that brutal loss this past weekend to Kentucky. Uh, be sure to head over to FanDuel dot com slash locked on and shoot your shot. They've got everything from quick bets, live same game parlays. They've got exclusive props and more. Once again, visit fanduel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Fanduel is the official sports betting partner of the NBA and the Locked On Podcast Network. The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Daryl Daprich hanging out with us here on this Friday. Freshmen that can come in and play day one. I think you're going to see a lot of this at the receiving core, and then the rest of the freshmen are going to be sprinkled in throughout the defense. We'll talk about the defense another day, but you can't have the conversation about Auburn freshmen without starting with Cam Coleman. Yeah, I've got five, the Fab Five, and Cam Coleman's the first one that I think will start or, or will play. We're not, I don't want to preface this by say starting. We'll play day one, and Cam Coleman leads the pack in that freshman class. Yeah, yeah. Cam Coleman, Perry Thompson, Bryce Kane, Malcolm Simmons. And then I, yeah, that's the four. Probably in that order. In I that order. Think. And then I have one more offensive player in spoiler DeAndre alert. Carter. Yeah, right. we already talked about it. That's yeah, the DeAndre five. DeAndre Carter. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. And then obviously that changes if Walker White comes in and just tears it up and you know doesn't look like a true freshman. Um, obviously, he would shoot to the top of the list. I'm just, I think Cam Coleman and Bryce Kane are going to be huge. I, I'm really intrigued with what kind of separation they can create from the other freshmen that are coming in in the summer, which will be Malcolm Simmons and Perry Thompson. Because receivers a position group where like the farther you are away from the football, the less physical traits matter because there's just less contact. And can he just come in and be as crisp of a route runner as possible, Perry Thompson and Malcolm Simmons? The answer to that is yes. Like they could do it. It's a world where that totally, totally makes sense. But this is also to circle back to what we opened the show with, with the quarterback play and quarterback timing and all of that, especially if, if a quarterback takes that step forward, whether it's Hank, whether it's Holden, whether it's Walker, whether it's Peyton Thorne kind of solidifying himself as the quarterback. You got to think the connections with some of these receivers are going to be part of whatever quarterback has that ascension. The connection is going to be connected to it. I worded that poorly. I'm so sorry, but I think I got the message across. You did. And look, it's funny you should say that about the Christmas of running routes. It, it's it's well-versed, and I, I went back, and one I saw in person, the other one I watched on tape. The, the, the deal is that Perry Thompson's not at the level yet of an elite route runner because he didn't have to be. He was so much more of a physical specimen than the guys defending him that he would just run, you know, straight fly patterns and go sure. routes, and he was just yeah. out. Must Simmons, I saw him in two games live. Uh, once against Wetumpka, um, and he absolutely is a crisp, nice, elite route runner. His routes are really nice. And Cam Coleman's a good route runner, Bryce Kane. So that is an area that Thompson will have to learn in college because he was just so much better and more physical than everybody else. He didn't have to run any, you know, exquisite routes or whatever. He just went. Uh, that'll be something we'll, that'll be something to keep an eye on. I, I think so. I think so. Talk me through DeAndre Carter a little bit more as far as, okay, if he were to play day one, I know that's not what you said. That's not the prompt is who do we feel comfortable playing day one? I get that. But if DeAndre Carter were to start, let's say he wins that right guard spot. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? What happens in order for him to do that? I think it would be a combination of him probably coming in and, and being much more physically ready than most freshman offensive linemen are because that's the hardest position to just make the leap. And then it would also be an indication to me that the other two dudes, Muskrat and Jeremiah Wright, regressed. Mm. If Jeremiah Wright and Muskrat 
just hold what they did from last year or improve it all through the spring. No way Carter starts. But I still think that he gets on the field. And I mean, I have, again, I have him, I thought I have him as a tackle. Uh, Various publications at 6'5", 350 had him as a tackle. So if Auburn's, if Auburn is projecting him when they recruited him as a guard to move him inside, which a lot of places do that, then I get it. Then, you know, that changes the dynamic. I just think he can offer you depth at the tackle position. It's like Dylan Wade, right? He went bounced back and forth between guard and tackle. I think Carter could be that same kind of dude. Be interesting. Be interesting to see. So, yeah, we're going to learn a lot starting next week. Uh, our first viewing window is Tuesday. So, of course, next Wednesday show will be a reaction show to all of that. Um, also, Daryl, you and I will be live tomorrow evening reacting to Auburn and Georgia. I assume it's tomorrow evening. I'm actually not even sure what time the game is. I haven't looked at that yet. Do you know? I don't. Uh, you know, but technically, even if it's a 2 o'clock. 5 o'clock. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be live a little after 7, probably. Yeah. It'll be dark out. be nice, right? Sure. Yeah. We'll have a light show in your front yard mm, again. Might, yeah. might do that. Yeah. 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 So be sure to check that out. Make sure you're subscribed. Like the video. All that good stuff. Daryl, how can people check out everything you've got going on? X, DAP 6410, Wednesdays and Fridays with you, and then after every basketball game. And I'm looking forward. We'll be doing the show somewhere, somehow, Tuesday from spring practice. We'll be on location. I'll be actually coming down there and joining you. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. So uh, once again, like the video, subscribe to the channel. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.